If I'm being honest with you, and typically if you've been listening to any episodes of the podcast, you know I tend to be honest with you. When I sit down at my desk and turn on this microphone in front of me, I usually have a pretty solid plan of the things that I want to share with you for the coming week's podcast. Sometimes I actually am able to plan things even a few weeks in advance and be able to record something to get out to you. But this week, this being the last week of February 2022, it's been hard. It's been hard to find the the, the time and the mental space to to create an episode, not just because there have been some technical issues around the house, but there's been a lot on my mind, both personally and because of the things that are going on in the world around us. Now I want to be I want to be very clear. I want to assure you that this episode, the what I'm trying to share with you right now and kind of fumbling over my words a little bit, is not meant to be any sort of political statement or a commentary on the things that are taking place right now in Ukraine. But a commentary on what events like this do to us. As part of our attempt at being mindful and being attuned to our own state of being for ourselves and especially for our families. Reflecting on everything that's been happening and how it's impacting me and the people around me and the people that I interact with on social media, I wanted to share just kind of three thoughts about what a a huge conflict like this can teach you about parenting. That is on this episode of Cooking is Connecting. Welcome to Cooking is Connecting. I'm Chef Kibbe, a biological foster and adoptive dad who struggled for years wondering why my parenting wasn't creating stronger attachments between me and my kids. This is a show about harnessing the inherent, trust-building power of cooking and eating together with our children as a method to overcome the negative effects of trauma on the mind, body, soul, and relationships. Because while trauma is disruptive, cooking is connecting. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by cookingisconnecting.com. That is the place where you can find all the resources that I mentioned in this episode and so much more. Also, if you're getting some value out of today's episode, I would love it if you would leave a review wherever it is you're listening to this podcast. Even if it's not a five-star review, I would love to know how I can better serve you and help to encourage you on your way to building stronger, deeper, more meaningful connections with the children in your life. And now, on with today's episode. Oftentimes, when a large, major world event takes place, we run to the internet, we, we run to the media, we run to YouTube videos and blogs and podcasts and conversations with others looking for answers, looking for explanations, looking for, and sometimes looking for an outlet for us to be able to provide an explanation to someone else. We feel like we have to have words to be able to wrap our heads around what's going on and to find meaning in it, to make sense of it. And sometimes we just don't have enough words. 
to make sense of something really, really big. And that's, that's okay. That's okay. I can apply that personally to my life as a foster and adoptive parent. I've been through some really tough times. And in fact, even now, as I'm sitting in front of this microphone, I'm going through some really hard things that, unfortunately, I'm not at liberty to share with you at this time. And that's okay. It's okay for us to not have words or an explanation. We don't have to we don't have to find validation just in having all the answers or or having the the most accurate or best perspective or explanation for things that are going on in our lives or in the lives of other people. That's okay. There are things that are as important, if not more, for our for our own mental health and for our own state of well-being. Things like connection with other people that you trust and that you value and that value you. Presence, compassion, empathy, all of those things can be as impactful, if not more so, than having answers and explanations and even being right. That's been a huge struggle for me, both uh, politically and personally and relationally, is looking past our own need to be right and to see a deeper need to be, to be seen, to be known, and to resonate with other people. The second thought I want to share with you is that when it comes to major world events and crises, like the one that we, that some are experiencing, I don't want to put myself in this crisis. It is not directly impacting me the way it is the, the people who live overseas in Ukraine. You don't have to care so much about something that doesn't directly affect you especially to the point where it begins to affect you. That is to say, oftentimes, at least for me, this may be different for you, but for me, I feel like when something really important is happening on the world stage, that I have to immerse myself in learning about it and knowing what's going on every moment of the day. That I feel like I have to worry about it, that I have to be concerned with it, in order to validate myself as being someone who is a caring and compassionate person. And those two things are not, those, they're, not, they're not directly connected. You don't have to be weighed down by the troubles of the world in order to be a compassionate person. In fact, it has been my personal experience especially when it comes to relationships with the people that are close to me, is that when I allow myself to have such concern about things that are not only outside of what's happening in my life, but completely outside of my own control, that when I allow those things to weigh me down, it does have an impact on me. Not in a sense that what's happening in Ukraine is having a direct impact on my life, but the worrying 
about it, the concern about it, is affecting me, affecting my my mindfulness, my attunement, my 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 reactions to the things that are actually happening in my life and in my relationships. It affects my my window of tolerance for stress and for pressures and for triggers. And we don't need that. I don't need that. And so I need to be careful how much I allow myself to take the things that are happening in other people's lives and in other places in the world as... And I don't want to say that that's a bad thing. I want to be clear. Being concerned for other people's state of being is a good thing. And there are good things that you can do with that if you are in a place where you can where you can pray for those people who are being directly impacted. If you can support them financially or align yourself with organizations that are providing relief or maybe even, I don't know, contacting your representative and encourage them to, to take action and to use our tax dollars to to help them and to be proactive. Those are all really beneficial things that we can be doing to respond to an event like this. But if all we're doing is letting it fester inside of us and and make us scared and worried, it's going to affect your health, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, and your relational health. And that brings me to the third and, and final point that I want to make to you in this hopefully abbreviated episode. I'm trying not to be too long-winded with this. Our children are watching us. My children are watching me. They're watching to see how I handle conflict, whether they be conflicts that I'm reading about in the newspaper or hearing about in a podcast or seeing in my social media um, stream <laughs> or hallway or whatever it is that your app calls the, uh, the content that you're seeing. They're watching me. And your children are watching you to see how you handle conflict, to see how you let things impact not just your mindset, but also your mindfulness and your mood. And that's where it gets really challenging and convicting for me, because I know that there have been times when I have been concerning myself with with politics and in world events to such a degree that it gets me frustrated and that frustration ends up pouring out onto my children. And I don't want that. I don't want to put that burden on my children. The burden of having to to encourage and empathize with me who is empathizing with other people with whom I don't have any direct connection at all whatsoever. Again, not to downplay the conflict, not to downplay or make light of what is happening in our world right now. It is tragic. It is painful. It is traumatic. But our children are looking to us to set the tone in our homes, in our families, 
in our relationships. They don't have the same ability to be mindful of their own autonomic nervous systems, of their own mindfulness and attunement and resonance with other people when they experience conflict. They don't have that same maturity that you and I have, or at least ideally. (laughs) There are definitely some times when I don't have a very mature way of dealing with my own stress, with my own nervousness, with my own anxiety, with my own worry. And I don't know that there is anything more important or valuable that we can give to our children than to show them how to, how to think about and be mindful of and be concerned with what's happening with other people, but not letting it get to the point where we are becoming anxious and worried and upset and irritable with the people in our lives. Conflicts overseas don't have to become conflicts in our homes and conflicts within ourselves. We need each other now more than ever before. I know how much my children need me, and sometimes that means I have to sacrifice things that, right, wrong, or indifferent, I find pleasure in, I don't, I don't know if I find pleasure in, in, in world news because there's not much pleasure to be had in it many times. It's maybe a sense of, again, feeling like concerning, my thing, concerning myself with things that are happening in the world around me makes me a more mature, well-rounded, sophisticated adult. I don't know what it is. But sometimes it gets to the point where it's not healthy. And I want to encourage you to know that, like me, you can be reflective on the things that are happening in our world, and you can be concerned with them, and you can take action upon those concerns. But it is just important, if not more so, how you deal with those concerns in the context of your own family and in your relationships with your young people who are looking to you to set the tone. They're looking for you to model these things. Just like I said in a previous episode where we were talking about how our our posture, the way we speak, the way we talk, the way we stand, the way we move, the, the facial expressions that we have set such a powerful tone in our interactions with our children. Give yourself permission to give yourself space from the things that are happening in this world so that you can be mindful and attuned and present for your children when they need you. Because they do need you. I hope you have found this encouraging. I know it doesn't exactly fit with the tone of my podcast, perhaps. And if that's the case, please forgive me. I'm in a place right now where it's hard to think about anything else. And maybe you're with me. And um, maybe you're sick of, of all the talk about it. And maybe you're, you're eating it up. I don't know. But what I do know is, no matter what's happening in this world, there is nothing more that I want from my life than to know that the things that I'm saying 
and doing in the presence of my children is setting a good example for them. And a lot of those interactions happen when I'm with them in the kitchen. And if I have the problems of this world weighing me down when I'm trying to spend that time with them in the kitchen, I'm not going to be mindful of them. I'm not going to be as present. And chances are I'm probably going to make some mistakes with the recipe as well. So I am perhaps giving myself permission in making this recording and in the process giving you permission as well to let those things go and allow yourself to be fully present and attuned to your child. And I encourage you to do this in the shared act of cooking and eating together. Because in that activity, both of you, not just your child, but you, will be served with what we truly need in times like this. The feeling of trust, felt safety, and connection with other people in our lives that know us, that see us, that feel us. And that when you sit down and eat that food together, you are meeting your own needs and meeting the needs of one another. Not just for the food, not for the nourishment, but for the sense of fully embodied compassion that you are experiencing together as a family. I hope that you will make that a priority this week with everything else that's going on in this world. Make time to cook and eat together with your child this week. If there's anything specific and practical that I can do to help you, to encourage you in that pursuit, I would love for you to let me know. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we're going to get back into the five pillars of the Cooking is Connecting mindset, telling, talking about how we can provide direction to our children in the kitchen that is most likely to lead to connection. I hope you will join me then, but until then, I'll see you in the kitchen. The Cooking is Connecting podcast is a Cooking with Kibby production. Copyright 2022. All rights reserved. The theme song for this show is Fostering Joy, written and performed by me, Chef Kibby. For more information about how you can connect with your kids in the kitchen, please visit my website, cookingisconnecting.com.